So what's your story? Hi, I'm Peggy Hames. I'm a coach for women in midlife, and this is Making Midlife Matter. In today's podcast episode, I'll give you a heads up. I've got a couple of helpers who are in the room with me as I record this podcast. Their names are Oakley and Ralphie, and they are wonderful rescue dogs, but they may want to contribute at some point. So if you hear them, that's what's happening. So when I ask you, what's your story? I don't mean the kind of story that you, when you're sitting down at a friend's dinner and talking to the person you don't know, you don't know very well, and you're comparing notes about where you've worked and where you lived and where your family's from. Now, I'm I'm talking about a different kind of story. It's what um, Eric Byrne with Transactional Analysis used to call the scripts that we live. Years ago, he wrote a book called Scripts People Live, and it's a fairly in-depth and detailed analysis. But I think it's even more helpful just to think in terms of the story. What are the stories about who we are and what our lives are about? For example, I grew up with a story that my mother nurtured very directly that I could do anything and that I should not let anyone tell me that I couldn't do anything because I was a girl, with the singular exception of playing football. Because I really, really wanted to play football. I grew up playing backyard football with my brothers and the kids in the neighborhood. And it was a great heartbreak to me that I could not play football. Other than that, my mom was very strong on reinforcing for me that I shouldn't let anybody else define who I was or what I could do. Now, like a lot of stories that get passed down in families, the story she gave to me was shaped by the story that she lived See, my mom was forced to drop out of college when after her sophomore year. She grew up in Lynchburg, Virginia, and went to Lynchburg College for a couple of years, you know, rode the bus over to campus, and she loved it. She loved learning. She loved her English classes. I think that had she had the opportunity to continue she really could have blossomed in ways she never allowed herself to blossom for the rest of her life. But my grandparents believed that girls really shouldn't go to college except if they wanted to be a teacher or a nurse. Those were the only two valid reasons for a girl to be in college. My mother had no desire to be either one of those. And so after her sophomore year, she dropped out. So out of the story of that deprivation, she created a story of great blessing for me. And I have probably more higher education than most folks, most folks with good sense ought to have. But she was so supportive of me 
every step of the way through four years of college and three years of seminary. And then 10 years after I finished seminary, I went back for another master's degree um, to prepare me for a counseling practice. And just this week in, in cleaning, doing some cleaning in my office, I came across this amazing picture of the two of us at my Wake Forest graduation, and that was that second master's. And I'm there in my cap and gown, and she's beside me, and we both have these big old grins on our faces. And part of the blessing of that picture was it was a tangible reminder of the story that she gave to me, that I could do anything, that girls could learn anything, that it was a good thing for girls to go to college and then graduate school, and that I should not sell my dream short for the sake of anyone else. That's a powerful story. That's a, that's a story of blessing. But you know what? We don't always have great stories. My mother had another story for me, and I understood how she got there. But when I was in college, I wanted to go on foreign study. And <clears throat> it was a great opportunity. Furman had this great foreign study program. So we had a two-month winter term. And in that term, they, they took a group of students to the Middle East. And my senior year, they're going to Israel and Italy. Six weeks of traveling in those two countries. Ah, what an opportunity. Plus... The, the two professors who were taking the trip, one of whom I knew, he was the associate chaplain, um, and we worked together in, in campus worship and all kinds of planning. So he was already a great friend, and the other one would become a great friend through the trip. So anyway, I, I told my folks, I want to do this, and look, here's here's the deal. It doesn't cost but just a little bit more than what it would cost for me to be on campus that semester. And right away, my mother said, no. And her reason was, it will be too much for you. You see, she had this story about me that I was this fragile person. And the story came about because um, when I was born, they did not yet have the shot for um, the RH factor that... You know, if a, a mom is positive and the child is negative or, or vice versa, I don't recall how it goes or if it makes a difference. But if there's a difference, <clears throat> if there's a, that kind of difference in blood types between positive and negative, then it was really a negative thing for the baby. And the mom's body would actually start fighting against the baby. So my mom, in fact, was advised not to have more children after my second brother was born. Uh, because there was going to be such a risk for birth defects, for um, problems with me, um, and, and not even a guarantee that I would survive to a live birth. My mom was really determined to have her little girl, so she she persisted. And sure enough, when I was born, I was, I was okay, but they had to um, take me away immediately and do a um, blood replacement where they completely replace my blood. By the way, if you're eligible to give blood, please do. It is is a, an amazing gift. 
so, you know, I spent some time in the isolate. And I, I think I probably went home when she went home because birthing stays were longer back then. But there was, I think, that created this fundamental story that I I was fragile. Now, I responded to her no by writing my mom and my dad this long letter. It was like multi-pages, handwritten, front and back, as to all of the reasons I wanted to do this, all of the reasons this was the perfect time to do this, all of the reasons I would never, ever get another chance like this again, which has been the truth. And when I called after I was sure they'd gotten the letter and I called them and I said, well, and she responded, your father and I think you should change majors. You should be a lawyer because what can we say to this? So long story short, I got to go and it was an incredible experience. But that was the power of the story that we had. Now, with these stories, I was able to identify this is how these came to be. Sometimes we don't even know. And we're not aware of the stories that drive us. Sometimes the story may be, I cannot be more successful than my parents. And so what happens when that's your story is you may be be rolling right along and, and things are going well and then you screw up in some big way that makes no sense to you and you interrupt your progress and you keep yourself from becoming more successful than your parents. Um, Your story may be, I'm not very good at relationships. And so what happens is you wind up screwing up every relationship Sometimes in creative and inventive ways, sometimes not even realizing that you're doing it. Your story may be, um, what I have to give doesn't matter. And so you minimize yourself. And you minimize your gifts and you hold back from giving your gifts You hold back from touching other people's lives because you have the story inside that what you do isn't very good and the gifts that you have don't matter very much. So really, you know, why should you bother with that? Your story may be um, that, you know, you're you're not worth very much, that other people are more important, that other people matter more or that you don't have a voice, or that what you say doesn't matter, or it's stupid, or all of these horrible names we give ourselves. Your story may be that you are a horrible sinner that no one could love. One one day I, I was talking to someone, and they learned that I had grown up as a Baptist, and, and actually grew up in a Southern Baptist church, and... Um, so their next question was, when did they, when did you learn that you were bad? Thankfully, I thank God for this. That was not a story I ever learned because I grew up in a church that did nothing but bless me. But some of you may have learned that story and no matter how old we get and how much education we get, it lingers in the back of our minds and in our hearts. You may have grown up, you may have the story that your worth and value is based on how much you do. 
And so you can never say no to anything because you, you're always trying to collect the chips to, to prove that you're okay. Your story may be um, that it's not okay to disappoint people. This is one I hear over and over and over again from clients, that it's not okay to disappoint someone. It's not okay for someone not to like us. And when that's our story, man, we twist ourselves into pretzels and we wind up burned out and exhausted and unhappy because we are never saying yes to the things that are congruent for us, that are our that are authentic, boy, that's a hard one to say, that are authentic to our lives because we are saying yes to everybody else in the world. Take some time to listen to your own story. And one of the ways that you can get at it, there's a a sentence completion exercise that I use a lot. And you, you... start you, you start at the top of a, a sheet of notebook paper and you you write the same phrase all the way down every line on the page and it may be I believe or I believe I or my story is or what I think is true about me and then you go back up, you write write down the same phrase on every line. Then you go back up to the top and you finish out the sentence with whatever comes. Even if it makes no sense, you write it down, you go to the next line. Um, if it is, my story is that the sky is purple, you write it down, then you go to the next line. And what happens is the further down we get on the page, sometimes stuff starts bubbling up that we really did not expect. So once you start identifying your story, then start doing a little reality testing. Is this really true? Is this true 100% of the time? And I'll bet you, you can come up with examples of when it was not true. Like my mother's story about me being fragile, and I can point to four years of being in great health and of being strong. The, The other piece is, is no matter what your story has been, we can change our stories. That's a, the work of transformation that gets really exciting to me. And that is we can change our stories. What's the story you want to have? You, your story may have been you have failed at everything. What's the story about succeeding that you want to have? You know, some stories... The older we get, the the more impossible they get. You know, I, I I'm not going to be the the rising young minister because I am not a young minister anymore. But I can achieve my potential, and grow and blossom in other ways that are not dependent on my age. So listen for the echoes of your own story. I'm Peggy Hames, and I am a coach for women in midlife. You can find out more about me and about my work at heartcallings.com. I've got a couple of different ways for you to start listening to and transforming that story. You can listen to it through the Good Life at Midlife membership, 
where we gather and every month I, I present a master class in the group. We have a wonderful Facebook group of really amazing women who are traveling their own journeys and um, paying attention to their own stories. You can find out about being a part of that. Also, I offer one-to-one coaching Uh, one focus coaching. Instead of just saying, oh, I do life coaching for women in midlife, I've I've identified three areas, three specific things that tend to, that I see come up a lot for people. And if that fits for you and you want to work one-on-one with me for that, then I invite you to go, again, go to heartcallings.com and click on the, the coaching link and find out more about that. As always, if you have any questions, please reach out to me, Peggy at PeggyHames.com. In the meantime, I look forward to coming back with the next episode. Until then, take care.